Welcome to the Hills Baptist Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us as we see Jesus glorified, lives transformed, and hope revealed in the Adelaide Hills and beyond. We hope you enjoy this message. The Bible reading for today is from Matthew chapter 18, starting at verse 21. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, How many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay... The master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had been all that he had be sold to repay the debt. At this the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay everything back. The servant's master took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, Be patient with me and I'll pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I cancelled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Thank you, Anne. Why don't you turn to the person next to you and say, forgiveness is hard. We're in this series uh, following on from um, running some piecewise training for within the church. Uh, I, I shared about these pamphlets. We ran out very quickly last uh, Sunday and I've organised to get some more. Um, and so hopefully we'll have more uh, for those who missed out next week. But just as a way of, of, of kind of sharing some of those lessons and, and, and kind of being united in, in, in our approach to... Um, managing conflict and, and our relationships together. We're ha- having this two, two, a two-week short series on the heart of conflict. Last week, we looked at the heart of conflict and kind of what, what's the things going in our own hearts that's, that's driving um, our response to conflict. And today, we're looking at the heart of forgiveness. Um, and it's a big topic. I, I, I want to like, acknowledge that this is a really... This is a really difficult space to navigate um, uh, because, one, forgiveness is really hard and, two, forgiveness is really complex and we'll kind of get into some of that. But it's also, it's also very real for people. Um, just a few stories and experience from, from my life. 
Last week I mentioned a friend that I that I I have. We've been restored, but there was this time when we were meant to run this ministry together, and he bailed. And uh, I really struggled to forgive him for that. I held that against him, and it kind of corroded our friendship for a long time. There was this tension, this this wall that was built between us that I had built with my unforgiveness. Uh, at a previous workplace, there was a leader who uh, treated people really, really poorly. I was only affected a little bit, but some of my friends were deeply hurt by this person. Deeply hurt. And I've got this sense of like righteous judgment on behalf of my friends for, for how this person has harmed them. And I've, co- I've come into contact with him uh, a couple times since. And I don't know what to say to this person. I don't know what to do. And, and uh, I really struggle with, with um, seeing him. Um, there was another situation, and I've already mentioned this <laughs> to my mom. Uh, I've got her permission to share this. There was a time, a long time ago, when uh, mum made a mistake and it, and it hurt me. It was, I reflect back on this with humour. She reflects back on this event with... with um, uh, she doesn't like the story. And, um, <laughs> but anyway, but there was this time when uh, I, I talked about this thing that happened and, and I kind of made a joke about it. And then... Which I went back and like, of course I've forgiven mum. Of course, you know, I, I look back and I, I laugh about it and it's fine. But there was this time when mum said to me, have you really forgiven me? Because you keep bringing it up. <laughs> All right? I have forgiven you. <laughs> and it's, here it is. Here, here it is. I haven't mentioned what it is. No details needed. But you get that. You get that. Have you really forgiven someone if you keep bringing it up? If it keeps coming, popping back up to the surface. Last week, we said conflict is hard. And do you know what one of the hardest parts of conflict is? Is forgiveness. Forgiving someone. And yet that is the very thing that we are called to do as Christians. We are called to forgive. That last verse in the passage, like I felt the tension in the room, right? This is how God will treat you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. And... Um, uh, at the end of the Lord's Prayer, like we love the Lord's Prayer. Um, I'm sure many of us can recite it. Um, and and the, the actual ending to the Lord's Prayer. Normally, we, we love the one, um, you know, forgive us as trespassers. We forgive those who trespass against us. And the kingdom, the power, and the glory be yours forever and ever. Amen. We love that ending. Like power, kingdom, glory. Yes. The original ending is uh, for if you forgive your brother and sister, your Father in heaven will forgive you. But if you do not forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. Now, that doesn't have the same ring to it at the end of the Lord's Prayer. But there's a sense that as Christians, we are called to forgive. It's part of our nature as God's people, as forgiven people. And so we're going to look at that story that Anne read, um, that where Jesus t- talks about forgiveness. And we're going to look at, uh, jumping kind of in and out of it, the definition of forgiveness, 
the difficulty of forgiveness, the devastation of unforgiveness, and the dynamics of forgiveness. It's a great uh, preaching alliteration sermon today. But we we read it before, and it's a kind of straightforward story. Um, But it's it's important to note note the the context, right? Matthew 18 is kind of, is, is a little bit like the conflict resolution chapter in Matthew's gospel, because the bit just before that story is, is the instructions of how to correct a brother or sister or how to restore a brother or sister. Um, so from verse 15, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you have won them over. And it gives other instructions. If they don't listen, bring someone else with you to, to address that with that person. If, if they still don't listen, um, get the church involved. And if they still don't listen, treat them as a tax collector or a sinner or like an outside of the church. And how are we to treat, how did Jesus treat tax collectors and sinners? How's the church to treat sinners and tax collectors? It's to share the gospel with them and invite them in to be restored to God. But the, the quick summary of, of the passage just before Right is, is a process of restoration, restoring people who have hurt others, who have sinned. And part of restoration is forgiveness. Part of restoration is forgiveness. So Peter says, kind of understanding where that's going and, and this dynamic that he's aware of, he asks a really, really good question. How many times should we forgive? How many times? He suggests seven, seven times. Now, that's, that's over double the, the teaching of the Hebrew people at the time. Like the, the rabbis and uh, the, like the teaching was you forgive someone three times and the fourth time, no, nah, that's done. And so he goes, oh, we'll take that, we'll double it and plus one. Seven times. That's, that's a lot of times. That's a lot of times to forgive. But Jesus says, no, I tell you, not seven, not that particularly large number, but 77 times, or uh, another way of understanding is 70 times seven. Now, he's not talking about uh, a specific number, but the, the, the intent is more than you can imagine. Seven times seven, 77. And each time you forgive them and something else happens, forgive them again and again and again. The point is to just keep forgiving. Just keep forgiving. Again, that, that, that kind of butts into another question is like, how could we possibly do that? How can we do that? Keep on forgiving. Does Jesus not know the, the hurt and the evil and the, the stuff going on in our world? Does Jesus not know the things that I've experienced at the hands of others? Does Jesus not understand the way this world works, that we need justice? We need, we need to avenge when we've been wronged. And so Jesus tells this parable to kind of answer that, that implicit question. How do we keep forgiving? He tells the story of a king uh, who wants to settle his account. And then there's a servant who owes him 10,000 bags of gold. And the king forgives that servant. But then that servant goes and doesn't forgive his own 
debts against him. It's raised, and before we get too into it, it's important to note and, and clarify what forgiveness is and what forgiveness isn't. So the definition of forgiveness. It's important to note that forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's not a feeling. It's not like the king felt, I, 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 um, I feel like forgiving this person. Because he, he didn't. He had a debt and he wanted that paid for. He wanted that sorted out. There might be feelings associated with it, but, but it's not the feeling that drives forgiveness. People tell me, and I've experienced this myself, I can't possibly forgive someone because I just don't feel it. I just don't feel like this is sorted out between us and I can't forgive. But forgiveness is not a feeling and if we wait until we feel like forgiving someone, it will never come. The feeling doesn't drive forgiveness. Forgiveness often drives the feeling. The other thing forgiveness isn't, it isn't excusing the problem. It isn't excusing or forgetting the problem. Forgiveness isn't forgetting. Often we've heard that saying, forgive and forget. But if we forget the issue, if we forget the debt incurred against us, then forgiveness actually has no power. It's not doing anything because there's nothing there to forgive. Forgiveness is saying, I remember what's happened. I understand what, what, what you've done against me. There is a debt there, there are consequences, and this is not okay. It doesn't excuse the wrong. In our society, some, particularly as Australians, like we have this saying when, you know, I, um, I rock up late to something, I'm, oh, I'm sorry I'm late. People would say, no worries. Oh, no worries. It's all right. No worries. And often, that, like, it's okay to say that time to time. It's a form of overlooking an offense. Like, it's not a problem. We can just move on. But I think sometimes we, we get too, too far down that track of we say, no worries, but really it keeps us up at night and we're dwelling on it. We keep thinking on about it, thinking about it. We keep telling other people about it, perhaps just a wife or a partner or, uh, or this particular friend. We say no worries, but we keep worrying about it. No worries is not forgiveness. Uh, forgiveness is not ignoring the consequences of the, of the action. Now, forgiveness might release someone from condemnation in the sense that uh, the debt, you know, they're, they're no longer dead to you. When someone wrongs you, there's a sense of um, you want separation. You want this relationship um, uh, gone. Uh, forgiveness is the, is the effort to make restoration of that relationship, but it doesn't necessarily release people from the consequences. Now, clear examples of this is, is like criminal activity. Um, if someone steals from me, I can forgive them, but there's still a sense of, that de like the crime needs to be paid for. There's stories. There's a story of uh, a family in Sydney whose um, uh, a great injustice was done against them. Great injustice, 
and and uh, this person who did it had to go to prison. But the the mum came out and said, "We forgive you. We forgive you, and we'll support you and help you in prison." There was still there was that forgiveness and the the relationship, but there was still the consequences that had to be followed through. Forgiveness uh, can be offered, but there still might need need to be space to feel safe again. Uh, It might mean something still needs to be restored. It might mean uh, there's still accountability, as there was in um, the passage today in this parable. There was still accountability, even along with forgiveness. And it might mean your relationship has changed. Now, sometimes and over time and with forgiveness, a relationship can get deeper, can grow deeper through challenges, through conflict and through forgiveness. But sometimes it doesn't. So forgiveness isn't a feeling. It's, it's not excusing the problem. It's not ignoring the consequences. What forgiveness is, is a choice and a commitment. It's not a feeling. It's a choice and commitment. It's to release someone from the debt they've occurred against you, that relational debt. Another way of looking at, at it is, is to release someone from the punishment that you feel they deserve. And it shifts from, uh, in, in, in a conflict, from seeking this other person to be punished to seeking this other person to be restored. There's a difference there. So there's a debt. And in, in our story, the, the servant is released from this debt. Um. And when we are hurt, there is, there is a debt. There's a relational debt. And there's various versions of like fake forgiveness where we, we um, wait for the person to earn their forgiveness, right? They've wronged us. And if they, you know, once they make up for what they did to me, then I'll forgive them. Or we, we forgive them and we still punish them. I, um, I was at youth camp talking to someone. Uh, they had this uh, tribal warfare game and this like gauntlet thing where they ran down a hill on a, on a, on a um, uh, black plastic and youth, you know, in, in two lines either side were throwing um, balls and the things. It was all very safe and uh, for any WHS people in the room, well risk assessed and, but a lot of fun. Anyway, there was, there was one leader who, who said she got, like hit in the head and um, like floored by this this one other leader, and I said, "Oh, have you forgiven them?" She said, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got him the next time." <laughs> she had forgiven him, but then she also <laughs> avenged herself. That's that's a form. Uh, that's all innocent, but it's a it's a form of fake forgiveness of forgiving and yet still punishing. But forgiveness, um, and as peace was helped those who were who were there to think about what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a promise and a commitment. And um, they share the four promises of forgiveness. And they are: I will not dwell on this incident. I will not bring this incident up and use it against you. I will not talk to others about this incident. And I will not allow this incident to stand between us 
or hinder our personal relationship. Here are the four promises of forgiveness uh, that come with time, and it's an ongoing commitment. Sometimes forgiveness can happen, we forgive and we move on. Other times forgiveness is a journey and a battle uh, inside our hearts as we make those promises and commit to those things. Next, we think about the, the, why is forgiveness so hard? The difficulty of forgiveness. Forgiveness is hard because it costs us. Like there's a debt that's incurred and someone's got to pay the debt. Like in, in our story, there's the king, um, the king has, he, he's, he's settling his account. He's kind of going through and, and, and making sure that his debts, his own debts are settled, his, his um, states are sorted and all that. And there's this person who's lost 10,000 bags of gold. We'll talk about that number later. And someone's got to pay for it. Someone's got to sort that out. And initially, it, it's, it's on the, the servant. And since he wasn't able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children, all, all that he had would be sold to repay this debt. But the servant comes and, and begs for forgiveness or begs for patience. He says, I'll, I'll pay everything back. And the servant's master took pity on him and he canceled the debt and let him go. Now, by canceling the debt, that means the king loses out. He loses 10,000 bags of gold. He's the one that has to pay that debt and wear that debt now. Forgiveness is hard because it costs us. It costs us. It's also hard because there's this sense of justice. Like, and particularly um, in, 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 in our culture, we love the concept of uh, vengeance and, and justice and things made right. And you can see that like, particularly in media, right? It's called the Avengers, not the Forgivers. <laughs> and I, just every superhero story is um, a bad guy beats up the good guy. And the good guy goes through some character development, uh, increases his, his power somehow, you know. And then the good guy beats up the bad guy. All right? That's, that's, that's pretty much every superhero story. And then credits, and then after credit scene, introducing a new bad guy. But we love vengeance, and we, we, we want people to be punished for the hurt that we've had. We want, it, we want people to be to hurt like we've been hurt. The thing is, vengeance doesn't heal what's going on in me. Vengeance just hurts other people. Justice is absolutely something we should pursue. But even if we get justice, we see justice, it doesn't necessarily heal the relationship. When, um, you know, if someone were to to steal from me and they go to prison for it, but it's that they might serve their sentence. They, we might see justice for that situation, but I could still be hurt and hold this against them. Even though they've paid the, the price, they've been punished, that we've seen justice, but that didn't heal me. That didn't help me. Forgiveness is also hard because we, we can't see the whole picture. Uh, forgiveness is a really complex issue. And there's time when someone might um, offend us or do something to hurt us. 
But we don't actually realize what was going on in their life that led them to do that thing. We don't necessarily realize what's going on in our own hearts that, that led us to have certain expectations of other people. And part of forgiveness is reflecting on ourselves and our own hearts and what's going on. The kind of stuff that we talked about last week. Is there things we need to confess and ask forgiveness for? Forgiveness is hard is because we love to hold on to things. There's stuff that, that rule our heart, that drive us, that when, when offended or when hurt or when threatened, we lash out. Things like our pride and our identity, when that's challenged, we hold on to that. Our greed, our stuff that's, that's taken from us, things we're afraid of, hold on to us, drive us. We hold on to those things. And that makes forgiveness really hard. Forgiveness is hard, but when we don't forgive, the results can be devastating. Even uh, reflecting on this, the servant who is forgiven, but then doesn't forgive his, his fellow servant. His, there was another f- servant who owed him a hundred silver coins. Even just looking at how he acted and like, he grabbed him and began to choke him. Oh, this is a very aggressive person. Pay back what you owe me. And he had the man thrown into prison. Holding on to anger, holding on to an offense and letting that, like dwelling on that, it makes us bitter. makes us um, uh, angry. It builds a wall around our heart. And, and a wall that can't be sorted out by an, the offender being punished. It's really interesting going and, and doing, a, I've been doing a little bit of reading around forgiveness and particularly um, the psychological impact of forgiveness. Um, probably a hundred years ago, if, if someone was struggling to forgive someone, they'd go to the church, they'd go to a priest or a pastor and, and work through that with, with a priest or pastor. Um, probably about 50 years ago, now people go to um, a counselor or a psychologist to, to wrestle with forgiving other people. And um, there's pros and cons to that. And one of the really good things is that there's now a lot of research around forgiveness and, and the impact that has on health. And it's fascinating. It's fascinating. The impact of forgiving someone and also the impact and the health impact of not forgiving someone. There's this one uh, psychologist and, 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 and researcher, Everett Weatherington. He talks about uh, the impact of unforgiveness includes stress, anxiety, depression. It kind of makes sense if we're holding on to things and just letting that ruminate in our hearts and our minds and we're dwelling on that and, and it's just moving around. But then also that, like in extremes, it can lead to psychiatric disorders. Uh, it can affect your physical health. There's links to a compromised immune system, higher cholesterol, bad sleep, even risk of heart attack. 
to, to not forgive someone actually impacts our whole being, our whole body, let alone the relationship we have with the other person. One writer said, um, refusing to forgive is the poison we drink, hoping the other person will be harmed. Or it's a cage we build, but we are the captive. And so, how can we forgive? How can we forgive? Considering how difficult it is and the impact if we can't or struggle to or don't, refuse to. And that's where our passage goes and dives into. Jesus says at the end of it, um, so also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. And we can read that and we can think, is that God saying that we have to forgive and if we don't forgive, uh, God will not forgive us? That his forgiveness of us is dependent on our forgiveness of others. And it reads like that. But that's not how the story goes. That's not how Jesus' parable reads and works through. It's why, that's why um, the dynamics of forgiveness is recognizing the Father's forgiveness of us, the change that happens in us, and our ability to forgive others. Now, the Master's uh, forgiveness wasn't driven, you know, he, it wasn't conditional. He didn't check how was this servant behaving and treating his other servants before he forgave. He forgave. The father forgave. The, sorry, the king forgave first. And it's also important to recognize the, the debt that this servant had. Verse 24, as he began the settlement, a man owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Now, that doesn't really mean anything to, to us, unless anyone here trades in gold. And if you have 10,000, like, let me know. I'd love some. 10,000 bags of gold is apparently, it doesn't sound right, but this is what people say. It's apparently about eight, $800 billion value in, in that day and age. That sounds like a lot. But even more significant than that, 10,000 was the highest number you could conceive at that time. Like these days we say a billion, a trillion, a quadrillion, a Ten to billion, twillion, whatever, you know, whatever the high, 10,000 at that time was just, was just the highest number that they could conceive. Like that's the kind of debt this person had, this servant had. And it was a debt that, that needed not just his own life, but his whole family. And the servant says, please be patient with me. I, I'll, 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 um, I'll pay it off, I promise. But there was no way, there was no way this servant could pay off this debt. There's no way. And yet the, the king had pity on this servant, had compassion. It's fascinating. It's, it's the same word that's used when it talks of Jesus having compassion over a crowd of people, like sheep without a shepherd. The king has compassion on this servant and he forgives this servant. He releases that debt. Now, again, Jesus is not saying that the king's forgiveness of the servant was dependent on the servant's forgiveness of others or that God's forgiveness of us is dependent on whether or not we forgive other people. 
But what it is saying is that it's recognizing God has forgiven us more than we can imagine. Whatever debt, whatever pain, whatever hurt that others have inflicted on us, we've done worse to God. Well, he's our king, he's our creator, and yet we've turned our own way to seek pleasure and value and meaning and purpose in other things, in worthless things. We've betrayed God. We've offended God. We've hurt him. Yet he forgives us. He offers us full and complete forgiveness. The king didn't say, all right, I'll halve the debt or I'll, I'll make it a tenth of what you owe me. He releases it completely. God's forgiveness for us is complete forgiveness. It's a brand new life, a brand new life that we might live for him. So it's recognising that God has forgiven us more than we can imagine. And he forgives us so that we could forgive others. And it's the, the key is in that very last word, in that last verse. Unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. When we are forgiven by God, there's something that happens in our heart. A heart that's ruled by fear or pride or greed. When we're forgiven, all that washes away. We no longer need to live and, and kind of uh, live up to our own sense of identity and 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 live up to our own pride. And we don't need to be greedy because the Father's given us everything that we need. We don't need to fear because His love holds us safe and secure. So those things that are driving us and we're holding on to, that's, that's stopping us from forgive, are, are washed away. We're given a new heart where Jesus rules us. And our desire is, is a relationship with God, our Father, And because our heart is transformed, that enables us to forgive the debts that others have made on us. God forgives us. Our heart is transformed. And then we are freed to forgive others. Tim Keller describes this as the vertical, the internal, and the horizontal dimensions of forgiveness. And so when we forgive, when we get into a situation where someone's hurt us, like what, what are the steps we take to forgive? And it's complex. The first one and the most important one is remembering that we are forgiven. We are forgiven. I am forgiven. And I'm a child of God. And as, as God has forgiven me and as I'm a forgiven person, it's in my nature to forgive others. The second is reflecting and owning the hurt. So if, we're, if someone hurts us, just saying something like no worries and moving on, that's not forgiveness. Not actually sitting and dwelling on that hurt, that injustice. We actually need to realize what, like, how are we hurt? Spend time like reflecting on that, realizing that Grieving that and bringing it to God. Again, we talked about a bit about this last week, 
when we're hurt, to look for the other person to be harmed or punished in order to heal that hurt will never work. But when we're hurt, to bring that before God and submit it to him and ask for his healing, that's how we find healing. And so, so we, we reflect on our, our own forgiveness. We reflect on the hurt and bring that to God. We, were, we make the promises of forgiveness. I will not dwell on this. I will not uh, bring this incident up and use it against you. I will not talk to others about this incident. I will not allow this incident to stand between us or hinder our personal relationship. We also, uh, like, depending on the situation, we might approach this person. And do you, do you see how when we've forgiven, or when we have forgiven that person, the motivation is not punishment, the motivation is correction, restoration. Now, of course, there are situations where uh, it would be inappropriate and harmful to return to this person, particularly in um, areas of family violence and, uh, and abuse or harassment and things like that. There are situations where uh, forgiveness involves consequences, involves boundaries. I do want to be clear about that. And I, I would not want anyone to misconstrue what Jesus is saying to use to justify um, uh, abusive behavior, which has happened in the church, and that's not okay. But what forgiveness does is that it heals me. And I might need to get out of that situation, or you might need to remove yourself from that situation, but it heals you. And that's a work only Jesus can do. We all need to get better at peacemaking. We all need to get better at conflict. There's, there's way we can be peace breakers, getting angry, reactive, judging, punishing others. We can be peace fakers, avoiding, running away, creating tension and distance. But peacemaking is what God calls us to to step towards each other with humility and forgiveness. To seek to restore relationships, to seek to see reconciliation. And for that, we need transformed hearts. Hearts that know who we are, hearts that desire God above all things. We need to be people who are forgiven and who can forgive. Now, there might be people we need to go and offer forgiveness towards. There might be situations where we need to ask for forgiveness. There might be a relationship or a situation we just don't know how we're going to be able to move forward in this. But the first and most important step in all those situations is to be released from unforgiveness. And by doing that, we need to know that we are forgiven. Jeremiah 31 says, For I will forgive their wickedness and remember their sins no more. Psalm 103 says, For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. God offers all of us full and complete forgiveness all of our mess, all of our junk, all of our debts. 
And we're going to finish today with communion. Um, sharing in the meal that Jesus kind of instigated for his followers to take part in. An important part of that is remembering the forgiveness that we receive from Jesus, through Jesus. So I'll read this scripture in a second, but we'll bring this um, table to, the, to where I'm standing. We'll come and grab bread and uh, grape juice. There's gluten-free in the middle as well. As we come, reflect on forgiveness, God's forgiveness of you, of me, the work that that is doing in our hearts, those in our lives that, that we need to forgive. There might be some, some unclear debts that we're hanging on to that we need to let go. There might be some actual steps we need to take with these people. Maybe they also reflect on where do I need forgiveness? If there's things I've done that I could go and approach the person and confess and apologize and ask for forgiveness. But Jesus, um, on the night before he was betrayed and, and, and killed and bled and died for our sins, as they were eating with, uh, with his disciples, Jesus took the bread and after blessing it, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take and eat. This is my body. And he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Let's come. Let's eat. Let's drink. Remembering that God has forgiven us. God has forgiven you. Eat the bread in your own time, but let's hold on to the cup. We'll drink that all together. Uh, recognizing that we are all forgiven. Thanks for listening to the Hills Baptist Podcast. If you'd like to partner with us in developing and equipping passionate disciples who love God, love people, and boldly share the gospel, you can do that at hillsbaptist.com forward slash giving. We pray this message has empowered you to live and love more like Jesus. Have an amazing day.